Thursday, everybody, on a busy fight week. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I am Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing from our show, please give us a five-star review. And we talk judging and MMA, so you should learn the criteria. Head over to abcboxing.com to read it. Dan, we do have a busy fight week here. Everybody's back in action. PFL, Bellator, UFC pay-per-view. It's 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 really going to be a packed three days coming up here. Busy fight weekend. How do you like this? Are, are you liking that we've got all this going on? Are you going to be able to catch it all, or are you going to have to kind of play uh, catch-up as it goes? I most likely won't watch it all. All right. What? I will watch the UFC event because... Uh... Well, that one's obviously very... So. It's, it's packed. There's tons on that one, and then obviously... Uh, it's got your man, uh, Mr. One of Mr. 209, Nate Diaz. He probably should be the only fight on the card. I would buy it if it was, he was the only fight. Well, I know you would, but I'm a little more interested in, in the, uh, at least I would say probably one of the title fights. I I don't know if I needed the second one. We'll get to that later, but I am interested just by the simple fact, and we'll talk about this later too. I'm just interested by the simple fact that Nate Diaz decided he wanted to come back for this fight against Leon Edwards, who doesn't really have a lot of, I guess, uh, name value that comes along with him. Obviously, he's a terrific welterweight, and he's realistically a, a very good candidate, especially if he wins, to get the next title shot at Kamaru Usman. But yeah, I mean, he's not a star or anything. You gotta fight someone. Sure, but he's passed up other opportunities. But I, I think what's interesting is, and, and someone else pointed this out, I, I saw on, on Twitter, it wasn't, this didn't come from me, but someone pointed out, it might have been E. Casey Layden, that the, the fact that Jorge Masvidal has passed on fighting Leon Edwards. Colby Covington has passed on fighting Leon Edwards. And Nate Diaz says, I'm going to fight him. It's almost like a, a way to, you know, flip double birds at those guys. Be like, no, nah, I'll fight the guy you guys won't. Well, yeah, I mean, Khabib ran away. Connor ran away from Nate. So we got... Yes, Khabib Leon ran Edwards. away from Nate. That was what happened. That's pretty much that, what that's, happened. That's a full and accurate assessment of what happened. Sarcasm. That, I mean, it's, I, I mean he's, he's probably 2-0 versus Connor. Even though we just did that, and I said he lost. <laughs> so, but, so uh, how about we just ignore what you said last week or right he now? <laughs> beat, he beat Khabib in the uh, concession stands match. What else is there for him to do? Connor ran away. To, don't want the trilogy fight. He wants to fight Dustin Poirier for whatever reason. Whatever. Nate's like, ah, I guess I'll just fight and make some money. Beat Leon Edwards and go on. What will fighting be like when you don't have these guys anymore? Uh, be, I'd be boring. Yeah, that's what I, I love being a fan. I hate not being a fan. Well, pick a pick a new fighter. Best nope. like guys. There is no one that wants to 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 be the guy for me. Give it time. Give it time, my friend. No one. The right man that. or woman will find you. Doubtful. I don't know. Open up your heart. That's all I'm saying. We'll see. Open up the heart. But you know, we're we're not here to to find a new fighter for Dan to uh, root for. Maybe we'll say that for another show. That would be interesting. We could do that. Uh, what what we're really here for is past judgment. We're back with past judgment, and I think it made perfect sense. I forget if we actually talked about this on the broadcast or if we did this right after we were done when we were kind of you know shooting it. I think we had to go back to the original fight between Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno, who are rematching this Saturday at UFC. Shouldn't be a rematch. Uh, but with that said, we still did the first fight. I agree, and we'll 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 talk about that one in a bit too. Uh, but I mean, the first fight obviously it, it got a lot of critical acclaim, uh, or <laughs> it got a lot of acclaim among among fans and, and stuff. I don't know how much it was critical acclaim, but anyway, that's semantics. Interesting fight. 
It was a good fight. It was a good fight. It gets a lot of praise as as like an all time classic, and I think part of that was just part of the moment. I think you know what I thought when because we, we obviously we watched this uh, together just before we recorded. As I'm watching this fight, I think the reason why it had a heightened atmosphere is because of the commentary team really pumping up what Brandon Moreno is doing. And he's obviously he's fighting well, but I think they added excitement to that side. Well, that's what they're supposed to do. Of course, and, which, uh, which is a credit to them in that sense. <laughs> but I think it also is Moreno's doing a lot better than he thought he would do. Than, than other people thought he would yes, do. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah, that's, you know, neither here nor there. We're here to talk about the scoring of it. So we're going to put that through our past judgment. Couch side judges scoring system. Dan, how does it work? Yes. It's the same thing as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned, is available at abcboxing.com. And like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Figueredo Moreno 1. Figueredo Moreno 1, which is kind of a, a, a flowy little thing to say, right? Figueredo Moreno. I always thought that was good. Sounds like a kid's show. Yeah, maybe my kids will watch it. I'll, I'll put that on. Figueredo Moreno. You guys want to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> They're not big into violence, but they actually watch a lot of UFC because of me. <laughs> I don't think they care. Uh, yeah, so this was, of course, at UFC 256, the headliner over at UFC Apex in Las Vegas on December 12, 2020, right before the end of the year. I think it was the second to last UFC show of the year, but the last pay-per-view. Uh, the champion Figueredo came in at 20-1. and one. Just days away from turning 33 years old, he had made his first title defense just a month before, tapping out Alex Perez with a guillotine choke in about half a round. Uh, that put him actually at 3-0 and in 2020, all in headliners. He was having a really massive 2020 just coming into this fight, and I think he was kind of on the, on the heels of being fighter of the year for certain. Uh, I believe he actually ended up being the fighter of the year, in my opinion. I don't even know who does those awards. We do. We did them on the show. Oh, our fighter of the year. Yeah, the only one that matters. I gave it. Did I give it to Holland or did I give it? You might have given it to Holland. I think you did actually. Okay. The judges. That's the only award show that matters. True. Everyone's been. Everyone's (laughs) been talking about this. Forgot about them. Did you hear all the buzz we were getting? Uh, just so you guys know, we didn't make any money this year, so you won't be getting a physical award for the second edition of be, the Judges. To be fair, we have not monetized this show either, so that's another reason. But, but um, congratulations. Anyway, uh, Moreno coming to this one, 18-5-1. He had just turned 27 during fight week, so you know, the birthday's just about, about a week or so apart. Uh, he had fought on the same card as Figueredo back in November, so just a month before. TKO'd Brandon Royval in a fantastic first round fight. Damn, was that was hurt. a really great fight. Royval got hurt, but it was a great fight. It was a great fight. It was it was just a really excellent fight to watch, and and he did finish Royval with one second to go. I would love to see that fight run back at some. That point. would be that would make more sense to me because for the fact that Royval lost because he got hurt, it, it was such fireworks too. I mean, yeah. just yeah, which was the better fight? Obviously, one lasted a lot longer, but which one was the better fight? Royval Moreno or Moreno? Figueredo. Based on one, I mean, well, I know, but your enjoyment, 
Your pure enjoyment. I'm, I'm a big Royville fan. I know you I'm are. a big Figueroa fan. Maybe Royville might be, take that Nate, Nate spot when he decides to hang it up. Maybe. It's possible. There you go. We'll see, 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 we're already we're already figuring them out. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do one show. We'll Definitely. We're gonna try we're gonna I'm gonna try and like <laughs> pick out some guys that I think are your guys and we're gonna or, or gals and we're gonna break them down. It was so easy because when I got into the sport there was just so much to watch and for me to figure out someone new that I want to hang on to. Like Nate Diaz, I was a fan instantly from Tough. No, oh, of course. I understand. So, I just it makes me sad to hear that you you're you're talking about like I, I'm not even a, or I don't fa- you know, fighters I'm a fan of anymore. That, that makes me I sad. Mean, I like watching them fight. That's not the it's, same. It's not like Jim Miller. I I want him to win every single time, and when he loses, it hurts. It's right, like, and, but you obviously have a little bit different connection to him because and, we you guys train together. And if Nate loses, he beat on you. I, I should hurt. Say. It's like these are guys I truly, truly, truly want to win. Of course, of course, and. Others are like, oh, I, I was rooting for that guy, but he lost, so whatever. Don't really care. No, nah, we're going to... See, I'm media. I, I don't really get into it as much anymore with new new uh, fighters that I like to root for as fan or anything like that. But you're you're not really media in the same way. I mean, we have this show, but you're... I don't think you want to be considered media, oh, do you? Oh, no, no. Yeah. Never. So I Unless would, I get a brownie. Or or a lot of money. How about that? How about a bag? Um, well, I would just say I'm not a fan. <laughs> I would just completely lock it up. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, yeah, I, we're going to do that for you. Anyway, back to this. Uh, Moreno was unbeaten, actually, in his last five, going back to June 2019, when he won the LFA title uh, after getting cut by the UFC, and he was back in the octagon for his next fight. So he really just kind of had one fight away. It was It was a weird time at the flyweight division, which is now seemingly healthy as ever. Yeah, they're finally, you know, giving it its proper due. All right. It's about time. Uh, judges for this one, Derek Cleary, Sal D'Amato, and Junichiro Camillo. Referee, Jason Herzog. And it's just not very frequent where you see not Herb Dean as the ref in the main event, especially a title fight. And I was very excited. No, no offense to Herb Dean, but I was very excited to see Jason Herzog got this assignment because he honestly, I, for my money, if I'm refereeing right now, I'm picking either between him or Mark Goddard as the guy I want as the third man. Let, let me let me present you this. Yes, yeah. This isn't a slight on Herb Dean. Sure. But with two flyweights for a title fight who are going to be moving all over the place. Sure. Would you rather Jason Herzog, who may be a bit more agile and quick in the cage? There is no maybe about it. He is the most agile <laughs> referee in mixed martial arts bar none. You, this, is, this is fact. Do you think that comes into account? No, I don't actually. Okay. I I don't think that. I I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know that for a fact, but you're asking me my opinion. I don't think it actually played into it. All right. I think Jason Herzog got rewarded for being an excellent ref that he is, and I hope to see more of it. Again, no offense to Herb Dean. I just uh, I think I think Jason Herzog is is just fantastic. He is good. Anyway, round one. Let's dive in. What's going on here, Dan? A uh, competitive round, but I I think this is easily Figueroa's round. I agree, despite the fact that the commentary, like we were saying, mm-hmm. is, is very much getting excited about almost anything that Moreno does. Yeah, uh, e- even head kicks that are blocked with really no effect at all on them. Oh, he heard him. Screaming. I mean, that, that's the fan part of them, too. I know. I DC and Joe Rogan get themselves way hyped up. They do. It, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, I think Figgy's landing more, landing harder throughout the whole round. Good jabs, good uppercuts, good overhand rights. He He's the one who actually landed a really good leg kick, uh, head kick towards the end of the round. Mm. Marino was landing some good ones. It just really wasn't on the same level that Figueroa was landing. 
I, I think it would be hard to give this one to Marino. So you would maybe say this is a competitive but clear round. Competitive, yeah. This not, whole... not close but clear, but maybe more competitive That's... but clear. I, I don't want to, you know, give away my thoughts on the entire fight, but competitive is yeah no spoilers the best, sir the best adjective they might turn this use. off now knowing what's happening <laughs> in the red <laughs> obviously we actually already talked about this back in uh in in the show december. that we did back in december last year yeah and you can go find that i didn't actually take the time to go back and listen which i i'm now regretting i really wish i hadn't thought about what i did but i know i i know i basically ended up with about the same score uh which we'll get to later uh i also saw this one as a 10-9 for figueredo so judges did as, as well all three no drama here. Everybody knew who won. Moving on, round two. This is where, at least from a judging standpoint, it does get a little more challenging. A bit closer, uh, but I still think it's for Figueroa. Okay, why? 10-9. He lands good strikes throughout and in bunches. He opens the round with that spin kick again, which sends Marino all the way across into the cage. Two really good combos that come to mind. Right in the beginning, probably three or four punches that land really flush, and Marino's just eating them. It's like, oh, man. And then he does it again towards the end of the round. He lands some bigger ones. Uh, on the ground, Marino is losing, I think. He gets the takedowns. But, yes. But he's losing because he's getting pummeled with elbows. There's not a whole lot of effective grappling so, happening yeah. on, on the behalf there. Yeah. Uh, back, but to, right towards the end of the round, he stings uh, Figueroa with, with a real good one. I thought, okay, yeah, Figueroa felt that one. But I didn't think it was enough. Yeah, I, I kind of ended up in about the same way as you. Um I feel like I say that a lot, but honestly, I think it's just because we're seeing this, the fights the same way. Yeah. Um. Again, close round. I think this was more of close but clear. Yeah, this was closer. But this clear. was close but clear. So is it crazy to go the other way? Is it crazy to give this one to Moreno, sir? I wouldn't say it's crazy. I would just say it's uh, what, you disagree? not popular. Not popular. Okay. Would you say you disagree? Not vehemently. Okay. All right. Fair enough. The uh, the judges, by the way, and I saw it the same way as you, 10-9. Uh, so I'm at 2018, Figueredo, just like you. Uh, two of the three judges saw it as you and I did, 10-9. That was Derek Cleary and Junior Chiro Camillo. So now they also have it 20-18 for the champ. It's uh, a 10-9 score for Moreno from Sal D'Amato uh, in a rare instance from last year where he was uh, on uh, the out judge. So that was actually a little, a little surprising there. But again, the, I mean... So close, Sa close fight. Flyweights are very tough to score, I think, in general. So Sal, Sal was on Marino. Yeah, he was on Marino, so he's got it at nineteen all. All right. I don't. I I totally get the argument here. I didn't go that way, but I totally get the argument because honestly, both of these two first like first rounds. It. I feel like, especially with flyweights, again, if you're at a different angle mm -hmm. and you miss one or two strikes, or maybe you see one or two strikes differently, or mm -hmm. maybe even better than either the people at home or the people on the different parts of the cage. That, that can make all the difference in the world oh, in a totally. round like this. So For sure. That's why there's three and they're at different places. So it makes sense. I, I have no problem with this score uh, at all. I feel strong. And I wouldn't even say strongly. I feel good about my score. Uh, but we're, we are where we are. It, this is, yep. It's a close fight. It's a competitive fight. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I do feel like Figueroa is definitely up two rounds at this point. So going into round three, though, and obviously we have to talk, I think, probably off the bat about uh, the pivotal moment of this entire fight, the negative, the the, the foul. The, Get into it, sir. The low blow. The the uh, the foot, the it's, front kick straight to the cup. It's weird. It felt like I, I think he was confused on what he wanted to throw. He didn't know if he wanted to throw the front kick. Or a knee up the middle. Figueredo. And he was just too close. Or maybe he wanted to throw the front kick, realized he was too close, tried to turn it into a knee, and uh, just went square into the jewels. 
No, I think what happened was he he was like, you know what? I'm going to kick this guy in the ball. <laughs> Just to see what happens. Total WWE. No, no. Of course not. That's crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't really know. I haven't necessarily seen anyone give uh, or ask him or him comments on as far as kind of what he was thinking in that moment or what was really happening there. Uh, I don't remember it, at, at least. So um, an unfortunate key mistake in a title fight, which we've now seen in two of the lightest men's weights title fights in the last six months where there was a, a foul that affected who won the fight or didn't. Yeah, that's true. So I blame the little guys. Keep your weapons in control. Come on. Control yourself. Right. But anyway, yeah, so and that, that obviously ended, it ended up being, yeah, I mean, we, you, yeah, we had well, Moreno guys, on the yeah. ground because he was like basically dry heaving. He's dry heaving. Uh, and Rogan's like, yeah, he's going to throw up. That would have <laughs> been interesting. If you've, I think if you, if you puke, the fight's over. I have no idea. I think it's. I is think that what it I, is? In the, in the between rounds, I'm almost positive. If you throw up or void your bowels, <laughs> I think the fight ends. I have definitely seen fights continue when bowels have been voided. I know, but I, I, I can think of at least two times where that has happened. I do be- in the UFC. I I know I'm with you, but <laughs> I do believe that's in the rules. I'm not a hundred percent. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know either. I I I didn't think to look into that, and I haven't asked anybody, but uh. Yeah, once again, any any officials or people who are well-versed in the scoring. You want to talk about what happens when someone throws up or, as Dan put it, voids their bowels? <laughs> uh, let us know. Uh, I would be curious, and we would be happy to share on the air next time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this ended up being a very key uh, moment here because Figueroa is deducted a point because, yes, there's damage to this mm-hmm. kick here, this, this low blow. Perfect call, excellent call, right call. It was the first low blow. There were, there were eye pokes. Like think, in round two. Do you think if he didn't get that eye poke in round two? I don't think there's any bearing on it, no. You don't think I don't think they're related. I think All I right. think Jason Herzog is the type of ref that will actually just pull All the right. trigger when it's the time to do it. And in this moment, he made the absolute 100% right call. And well, that's yeah, that's a another one. part of the reason. This only emboldened the way I feel about Jason Herzog as far as a, a referee goes, which is funny because early on in the show, there was the, uh, the fight between Glover Teixeira and Anthony Smith, where I think you and I both felt, not necessarily that Jason Herzog was the sole person to be responsible for why this fight uh, kept going and became kind of a such a lopsided beatdown, which realistically I, I still feel should have been a 10-7 round in that fight. Uh, we, we had some contrition from, or apparent contrition from Jason Herzog on social media in, in response to his, uh, I guess, allowing the action to go on. But I don't think he was entirely responsible. But having said that, I think he's a fantastic ref, and I think he's culpable uh, or admit, capable of admitting when he is wrong and getting better from it. And I think we've just this is this is the best referee working. Honestly, he's it's my opinion. Jason is like the best ref. He's good. And he's funny on on Twitter. He is. Oh man, he's always fun. After he'll respond to so many different uh, like goofiness at the end of mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the night. He definitely just goes on there and he's like, well, let's see who's searching Jay- or who's talking about Jason Herzog. He'll go and search himself <laughs> and then he'll comment back. But it's always fun. And I really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, keep it up, Jason, if you're listening. Uh, but yeah, obviously this changed the course of everything. But as far as the action, what's happening in this round? Round uh, three. This was another competitive round. I think early in the round before the foul, Figueroa was doing really good. Yes. Digging oh, to the body. He's definitely grooving. Land into the head, noticeably higher impact on his strikes. I, I, I think he wins this round. Ten nine uh, minus the one, so it's a nine nine. Right, right. I think I would actually posit that he lost total momentum 
when this fight was stopped. Mm-hmm. And I think it could have made the difference between him maybe cruising all the way to a 10-8 in our system. Very possible. Which, of course, has no bearing on the actual fight. But in our system, I do think that the degree to which that he is finding success for, I guess, what is it, three minutes of this round before mm-hmm. the foul? Yep. I thought he was kind of moving on this way to a 10-8 the first time I'd really considered it in this Yeah, fight. big big shots. So, and, yeah, the, the broadcast is like, well, you know, Figueroa's getting a chance to rest now. And it's like, or, it works both ways. Yeah, maybe so, he's, you know, the adrenaline's dumping a little bit more. Or maybe it's just, man, it's it's taking a while. I've been out here a while. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to just get tired. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a tough question. But obviously, it didn't seem to do him any favors. Um, but it's either way. It's a 10-9. Figure eight around nine nine after the point deduction. So we are at twenty nine twenty seven, and we're united. We have the same score, you and I. Okay. Um, and that is actually how Derek Cleary and Junichiro Camijo have it here as well, because they have three rounds to none for Figueroa with the point deduction. Uh, it is again Sal D'Amato had the different score in round two, so he's got it at twenty eight apiece. But all three did see it for Figueroa. All, all here. three sort of. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So it was there. This was not a split round. Um, round four. This is where we really see uh, the champ in danger. Best round of the fight. Easily the best round of the fight. This Without this round, I don't think anybody's talking about this as a classic. Probably not. And, and it's definitely the best round for Marino. Yes. Landed. He finally was landing with shots. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, these got some pop on him. And then Figueroa was quite tired. And that coupled together maybe uh, made this round a bit closer. But Figueroa was landing some good shots of his own. He was. He was. He so. was totally in this. He, he kept it from being any sort of uh, 10-8 in our system for Moreno. He lands a big combination, and then Moreno answers with a combination that actually stings him. What and point in the round is this, by the this way? This is remember? probably around the, the two-minute mark, like two minutes left in the two round. Two minutes left in the round. Okay. And Moreno hurts him, and the, the broadcast team is going crazy. They are. Marino, <laughs> They're totally in this one. <laughs> Moreno has him hurt a bit, and if, if not for that, I would have probably had a, a, a bit of a more tougher time scoring this one, but I think it, it's Marino's 10-9. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I feel good about this one. I feel, I, obviously, all the judges actually agreed in this one, too. This was a 10-9. Um, so we're everyone's united on this, no matter the scoring system. Uh, we are at 38-37, you and I, sir. For Figueredo, only up one point. Okay. Uh, kind of puts him in a precarious position, didn't it? <laughs> so so round four is split amongst the judges? It No, round four is not split. Among, everyone oh. had this one for Moreno. Really? Yeah, yeah, no questions here. So it what we have is 38-37 Figueredo from, again, Cleary and Camillo. Uh, and Sal D'Amato has him winning. Now has Moreno winning. Wow. Yes, right. because he had it as a draw through three rounds. Okay. So now... I mean, realistically, he he sees this as an even fight, but with yes. the point deduction. So that's yep. that's where we're at. Um, but that is ostensibly the only thing that really matters. Round five, the decisive round, sir. The decisive and most boring round of the fight. It was unfortunately the moment where we had, I think, the gas tank of Figueredo starting to really run dry, meeting the fact that Moreno seems to have been injured in myriad ways that are limiting his abilities. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Moreno doesn't really do much at all this round. No, he really doesn't. But honestly, I thought it was pretty even for a lot of the round, too. I, I thought, and I, I didn't. I, I really, I thought Figgy was just picking his shots. They were staring at each other for a lot of the time. Sure. And then he dumps them on his head with 10 seconds to go, smashes them with some ground and pound. I, I thought this was a very easy round to go, Figueroa. Well, I'm not saying that I thought Figueroa was not winning. I mean, it was not like a 10 10 or anything like oh, that. Oh, no, no. But I'm saying this is a very close round, I think, for 
probably four minutes and, you know, 45 seconds, I think. It's close. I'd say it's closer than it should be. Okay. But then, I mean, for me, I, again, I had figure it up by just, you know, probably a smaller margin than you. But then you get that dumping on his head. You get that nice, uh, nice throw there. And then you get some really good kind of postured up, standing up ground shots to Moreno to close out the round. I thought that was a pretty emphatic way. Mm-hmm. to end that round a very clear yep. way to to you know steal the round so to speak but i mean he didn't steal it i thought he was winning anyway but even if you didn't i thought that was something that really would have put him over the top so that is where we arrive at the fact that back then and now i found this very surprising to have gone as a split round yeah it's, it's a strange split round it's uh, Derek cleary and sal D'Amato. they saw it the same way as you and i 10-9 for figueredo it was Camijo who saw this one for Moreno, and I, gosh, I really wish I knew exactly what it was that he saw that made this one go the other way. Because I, I'm, I'm having trouble seeing it. I just am. I, I had trouble then. I remember it. I remember. I couldn't remember why. I think I, I forget again if we were talking about this on the show or after the show, but I couldn't remember why I thought that it wasn't a great score at the time. But I'm watching it again. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to give this round to Figueroa. Yeah, this is a Figueroa round. Yeah. And the reason, well, I don't want to put the reason on on poor Junichiro, but... You can speculate. We, I mean, we we can, obviously, we, we understand reasons why a, a judge might go a certain way if, just, that maybe other people aren't thinking of. What I'm are you just, thinking? I'm just saying we didn't need a rematch of this fight. No, we didn't. And, so. and realistically, none of the judges thought that Moreno won three rounds. Yeah, so well, ultimately we, it's on Figueroa. It's not, it's Figueroa's so, fault. There's nobody to blame for what happened. Right. Then Figueroa, the referee did the job right. The judges saw what they saw, and they still would have given the win to Figueroa had he not done what he did. So it's his fault. Uh, by the way, we do end up just to just to give you the final scores here. Uh, Derek Cleary is the only one who actually awarded the fight to Figueroa here, forty-eight forty-six, which is how you and I both finished this fight. At that, this was to me, this is the best score. This is the right score. Uh, of this fight so i thought mm-hmm. Derek clearly just totally nailed it um we have 47s for a draw from camijo and damato of the two I-, I feel like i can understand sal's score better than junichiro's yes uh it, i i just i just struggle with it and unfortunately what that really means is that as far as rounds that i'm having a tough time kind of seeing one way or the other here this realistically just should have been for my th- Two, you know, my two cents here as an amateur sitting at home, my basement, watching it a couple times. This is a figure eight around. It should have been a definitive result here. It should have gone down as, you know, assuming D'Amato's score was, was totally viable, which I think it is. It should have gone down as a majority decision victory for figure eight. Oh, two 48-46s and a 47-47. Yes. That's where I'm at. No. That's what I think happened here. This is what I think should have happened. And we'd be moving on. I think the the realistically, we should have been moving on from this. I think, well, I'll say my thoughts for what I think is going to happen in the fight in a minute. But yeah, I, I just, I'm, I think somebody won this fight, even with the foul. I do. I'm, yeah, this fight, I think, like you said, the commentary team, plus with Marino exceeding expectations is the reason people think it was so close. Yeah, I think so too. And I should be very clear. I think Junichiro Camillo is one of the top three best judges right now he gets if, a lot of main events so. if i am if i'm a fighter and i can pick the guys who i think are going the guys or gals we'll open it up to people like uh adelaide bird as well we don't want to discount the ladies who are uh of course successful judges in and of themselves i'm picking i'm picking sal D'Amato, i'm picking junichiro camillo and i'm picking mike bell that's my three that's who i want 
cage side for my fight. As far as domestic judges here, you want to open up worldwide? No, Patrick Patlin? No, not Patrick Patlin. I'm sorry. All right. Patrick, please stay in Houston. Just go to <laughs> go to a Texans game. I don't know. Oh, the Ast- Astros are playing right now. Why not? Go watch the Cheaters. Yeah, the Cheaters. <laughs> By the way, really, totally quick side uh, segue. I saw that apparently uh, a lot of the investigators were saying, as far as the Astros cheating scandal goes, they were saying that Altuve was not interested in being tipped on the pitches. He didn't want them. So he I, was, don't, I don't care what he, he was one of the not. least interested. He still in got him. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about fair that. Enough, fair enough. I would <laughs> fight that man for free. Fair enough. Fair. Enough. Back back to fighting though. Um. Yeah. So it's. I don't think. I think you can completely disagree with a judge's score and think it was not the right score. And still understand that they are one of the best at what they do in the world. I I don't yeah. think those are mutually exclusive. So you know when someone looks at let's say Chris Lee because he gets a lot of heat on social media still. People are not going to let the whole Paul he's the Felder most fight recent, go. That's why it's not just the most recent. It was it was it had an it had an optics to it that was really tough. I think um, because you had two fifty forty eights or fifty forty fives and then a forty eight forty seven the other way with the fighter who got the victory saying no I didn't get that or the yeah but would have gotten the victory then you get the people that are like yeah every time Sal D'Amato's card gets read I'm like oh my god here we go well, again well and they it's say, like, what are they talking about they say that because they just hear Sal D'Amato's name all the time because he does one <laughs> out of every three UFC fights literally one out of every three <laughs> UFC rounds is a Sal D'Amato round so it's bound to happen you, you got sheer volume there um but yeah like someone like Chris Lee He's had some some rounds that we've disagreed with very strongly, I think, but he's still a top judge. Like again, you want Patrick Patlin? I'm sorry, I don't. Yeah, I'm... this is these are the level of judges that you're going to get to replace them. There are fantastic judges out there who we don't see as much either. But I have no problem with Chris Lee when he's on a card. I don't. I just don't. Even when I disagree with his rounds, he yeah. does it too much more. I mean, who knows? Maybe I changed my mind. But right now, I feel good about him, and other people should too. So yeah, I still good. I strongly disagree with Camillo here, but he's a great judge. End of story. Yes, sir. So let's go move on. I think we're done with past judgment. We beat this one into the ground. Uh, we will, of course, be talking about the rematch in just a moment. But before we do, I do want to bring up the headliner, which I don't think we've even mentioned yet for UFC 263 uh, in Glendale, Arizona, which is greater Phoenix area. Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori, number two. Second fight. Apparently, we did a past judgment on the first fight. I don't believe it. But Dan, apparently Dan has no recollection of that episode that you, I know you remember this episode, you listening at home. Adesanya and Vittori, where we did, in fact, go back and say, you know what? Yeah, Adesanya won that fight. Uh, the the reason that was a split decision, by the way, was round one uh, was close. And you know who was the, who was the out judge on that one? Who? Chris Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It's, you know, I'm not trying to bag on him. I'm just pointing it out. That's what it was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which, incidentally, that also took place in Arizona. So they don't always fight. But when they do, it's in Arizona. Well, Arizona fighting Israel Adesanya, Marvin Vittori, 185-pound belt. And and last time, of course, th- these guys were still very much on the come-up uh, in the division. So stakes have changed greatly. Uh, their profiles have changed greatly. Adesanya is one of the biggest stars now. Vittori has obviously made a name for himself and done a very uh, impressive job of raising the, uh, uh, I guess, the reputation of Italian MMA, at least among one from one person. He's got a temper, though. What are you trying to say? <laughs> exactly. What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, making those I don't even know how to describe the Italian that. gestures, the, the Italian yeah. hand gestures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the gabagool. Hey, that's what my that's what my uh my dad and my uncle say. Leave it alone. I got some Italian in me. Yeah, whatever. I like pasta. Yeah, me too. What about this fight though? We're not here to talk about pasta. 
I think we could do a different show about that. I think Adesanya is going to put a statement on this fight. No matter how tough Vittori is, how impressive he's been, I think Adesanya is probably a little embarrassed of his performance against Blahovich, and he's going to come out here and, and put on a performance similar to what he did to Costa. You know, I, I'm of two minds on this one, actually. I, I Ultimately, I agree. I think Adesanya is going to win this fight, but I, I really see this very distinctly in my head going one of two ways. I could see Vittori taking advantage of the same things that Blahovich did which when I spoke to Vittori actually the other day, he, he basically said like that, that fight doesn't have anything to do with, with what I'm going to do. It's just confirmed a lot of things I already thought about him is really what it was, okay. um, at least in his mind or, or from his perspective, what he's saying. Um, I could see it going that way. I could see him being able to, to you know push forward when he pushes forward in that first fight, because I was watching this uh, again recently before I spoke to Vittori, when Vittori's moving forward in like the first you know, 90 seconds or so and really making Adesanya uncomfortable, Adesanya can't do anything like he he doesn't do well when he can't get comfortable in that kind of that kicking range or he can really do uh, his real damage from really in any way he wants because he's he's a great kicker and obviously he's got a good reach too and he knows how to uh, close distance quickly so once he gets comfortable everything takes over for Adesanya and it doesn't take very long but if Vittori has improved enough in the years since that fight I don't know I could see it going that way but ultimately I do think you're right I think Adesanya's got a lot to prove I think he's gonna go out there he's gonna be a house of fire, use that round one to kind of feel it out. And then I think it's going to go bonkers on Vittorio and finish him in round two. All right. That's a great assessment. What do you get? What's your pick? What's your pick? Adesanya round two TKO. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, I think we're basically the exact same way here. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to change it just to, just to be drama or maybe I should, maybe so we, so we got something I mean, to battle if, over. Here's the thing. If Vittorio decides he wants to take him down, maybe Adesanya hits him with a go-go. Oh, of course. That so. would be very exciting for me, sir. Yes. I'm surprised you didn't say Omoplata. Well, that would be, you know, that's just too obvious. That's true. That's true. Everyone sees it coming. <laughs> yeah, the omoplata is just so common. <laughs> but let's circle back again to the to the flyways. Figueredo Moreno too. Uh, yeah. Poor the fight Bra- that shouldn't be happening. Brandon Moreno will get slaughtered. I think this fight could still be fun. Yeah, for like three minutes. The flyways are always fun. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the second Especially round again. Level. Yeah. I think Davis and Figueredo. I mean, he, I pointed this out to you not too long ago, right before the, the fight. So I said, "What's that bump on Figueredo?" That's head? right, bump gate. He's got a bump on his forehead. I don't know if he's ha- if this is a permanent thing or, but th- we know he was in the hospital the night before the fight. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe he fell, smashed his head. Maybe he did. So, or as I posited, uh, he is Dustegera, which is uh, the <laughs> god of war, and maybe there are horns growing out of his head. Growing horns. And he is just go- undergoing a transformation in which okay. he becomes even more godly uh, and kratos and just goes bonkers. Uh, and-, and then, yeah, thus uh, kind of fatality style kills Moreno <laughs> in the cage. Uh, I'm going to go with Figueredo. I'm also going to say round two, uh, KO. Emphatic. Emphatic KO. Yes. Yep. Is that what you said? I didn't say emphatic, but I did say emphatic. But 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 KO. I think I just want TKO. Oh. Just just finish. No, I don't no. think it's gonna be a sub. Okay, that's fine. I understand. And then this one, you wanted to make this your your fight to watch here, your, your, the, the fight pick on the undercard here. But I say we have to talk about this one, Dan. Okay. Leon Edwards against your boy Nate Diaz, hundred seventy pounds, five round non title non main event. First Finally. time we've had it in the UFC make because we more. did have it in Bellator's. Light heavyweight Grand Prix. Yeah, so they beat him to it. But just a they little did, bit. But we need more of it. I do. Oh, get more and more, please. I mean, all make, the of ma- it. make the whole main card five rounds. I want all the smoke. Give me that. Let's go. <laughs>
<laughs> so, I mean, come on. Let's face it. I know you're picking here. You got my pick. It's money in the bank. What is the what is the method of finish in this fight? I see Nate Diaz triangle. Nate Diaz guillotine. Mm-hmm. Nate Diaz rear naked choke. Okay. Nate Diaz, but whatever he wants. Overwhelming ground and pound, maybe. Okay, sure. Just smash. Not a decision though. Not a five round decision. If Nate wants it to be a five round beatdown, so if no he goes finish, in there and says, mm, I but think Nate, I want to go five. Totally. That's the only minutes. way. But we know Nate don't fight like that. Nate's killer be killed. So. Yeah, I do uh, completely disagree with you, and I say Leon Edwards is going to win my decision. Because Leon can't finish Nate. We can't agree about everything. So, so you're, what you're basically saying is Leon didn't win. Nate just ran out of time. That's basically what you just said. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yep. Yep. That's you, what I you heard. heard it, you heard it, and I, I did go along with it uh, tongue-in-cheek, but it doesn't matter. We don't we don't need to, to care about um, you know cues like that, social cues. That's what I heard. <laughs> Uh, again, I, I'm excited just the fact that we're going to have this and potentially more of them going forward. It, it, there's a lot of possibilities here, and I'm very excited for well, it. All joking aside, yeah. do you think um, if Muhammad, Bilal Muhammad's on this card too, if he if he wins and Leon Edwards does win, do you think they actually do run that fight back? Like the same night in the back? Perhaps, but I mean, in the future. With, with Jorge Masvidal as the referee with a three-piece of soda? <laughs> Could be, yeah. Or um, is that fight dead for now anyway? Doesn't, there's no sense to it, honestly. They're just yeah. I'm not saying that Edwards proved a point against Muhammad because there wasn't enough time. Mm-hmm. But like it was a fight that was thrown together to save a card that really didn't make any sense other than the fact that it was to save a card. Right. I don't need to see that right now. I don't and that is no offense right. to Bilal Muhammad, who I think is a terrific fighter. And I don't, I don't necessarily rule out the fact that he could get to the position of that fight making sense. Mm-hmm. But right now it doesn't. There are other fights. Okay. I don't want it. I just don't. Scott doesn't want it. No. Nope. And do what I say. Arizona, Southwest, who's judging? Well, I can tell you this. From what I hear, we're going to have a lot of the usual traveling judges, referees, officials. It's going to be just a high caliber state of officiating overall that that the Arizona Commission is bringing in. So I'm very excited by that. Uh, I just, I I don't, you know, there, there are, of course, I would expect going to be some local judges that we'd see i mean the, the the guys we've seen show up before on previous arizona cards or brad say, what's that marcos rosales would be my almost lock for to, a southwest card to i mean it makes sense but uh i would say as far as the local judges the ones that are kind of arizona based guys like brad frank dennis o'connell raul parata chris hayes and chris flores i mean we've seen them do ufc bouts maybe we'll see some of these guys show up i like the fact that arizona apparently is going to be bringing a lot more of these guys but they will also have a good mix, uh, you know, of, of giving the local officials experience. They, it's very important, in my opinion, that these guys and, and these women are able to get some time on the big show, experience that. Uh, if we want to grow the sport at that level as far as officiating, they need that. Just, you know, keep them out of the important fights, please. Maybe off the main card, as you, I think you suggested. Yeah, dude, let them do the prelims. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is certainly not going to be a Houston situation as far as officiating it's not gonna be florida we're gonna have some really quality judges from what i understand so i'm i'm very excited for that it's it's probably gonna feel just like las vegas uh fights to anybody else which you know if if you don't like the quality of nevada judging then i just don't know what to do for you but you just hate judging you you just hate judging you're not open to the idea that judging can actually be quality um but it is it's better than it's ever been sorry deal with it uh what what fight are you looking to watch other than that uh, than these fights well like i said it's a deep oh, card we got 14 fights it's, it's really a deep card 13 14 i can't and remember where we're at i can tell you one thing i'm not excited about one fight 
What's that? Uh, I don't really care about Carlos Felipe versus Jake Collier. Okay. Um, well, it's other, heavyweights. I every other it. fight seems pretty fun to me. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick one, if it, I mean, I already alluded to, I would pay the seventy bucks just to watch Edwards and Diaz. Of course, and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could still do that. You could pay seventy bucks and just not watch everything else. I know, but that's but up to you. I got to talk about everything else. That's true. We got this show. We got another another guy that is still I'm a fan of, but he's on the tail end of his career. I'm shocked he's still fighting, to be honest. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go with Damian Maya and Bilal Muhammad as my fight to watch. Okay. I think it's interesting. Bilal Muhammad, maybe pummels him with his legs, leg kicks like he did against uh, Lima, who's, we'll be talking about his brother in a couple minutes. Yes, we will. Um, or if Damian Maya gets it to the ground, I don't think Bilal Muhammad can stop it. So that's what I'm going to go with. So, I mean, this isn't exactly the traditional striker versus grappler, but you're essentially breaking it down as a striker versus grappler uh, method of victory. I think Bilal Muhammad has to be a striker if he wants to win. Okay. I, if he grapples, I mean, that makes sense. Him, if he grapples, I think it's uh, a silly. I, I idea. think that's conventional wisdom too. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm sure Bilal Muhammad feels confident in his ground game, but I'm sure he also says, well, "Why wouldn't I just go for the win?" Yeah, he's a smart fighter. I I like him as a fighter. He seems like a chill guy. I enjoyed uh, the chance to speak with him earlier this year as well. So, um, I don't know who I pick in that one. I I would say I think I probably will pick. No, you know what, Damian Maya. It's gonna be Damian Maya. We're a naked choke. Rear, nah, decision. I'm going to say decision. Come on. I'm saying decision. I think the longer the fight goes, it favors Edwards. You mean Muhammad? I'm sorry. I think the longer the fight goes, it favors Muhammad. I get you. I mean, that's fair. But also, he can win two rounds and then survive a third round. Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's there's a path to doing there is, that. You there know? is, yes. He only needs to fight 10 minutes really well and then just not get finished. What fight are you looking forward to? Oh, for me, it's definitely Paul Craig and Jamal Hill. Paul Craig is, I mean, now you want to talk about striker versus grappler. This is what it looks like on the surface. But Jamal Hill, who I spoke to actually when this fight was originally scheduled back in March, I spoke to him back in February. And surprisingly, Jamal Hill's base as far as, you know, traditional martial arts, not traditional martial arts, but martial arts training. He arrived at jujitsu before he arrived at training as a striker. He was just a street. He just got in a lot of street fights as a kid. He has big power. Yes. Uh, it's not really the power so much. I mean, he claims he has power, but he doesn't have any like true straight up KOs. He's also dropped guys very well, so he does have some power, but he, the way he likes to talk it up is Touch Em Up University. That's his little, that's his clothing that he sells on his website and well, stuff. It's all I'll... Touch Em Up University. It's all about the volume and actually, Dan, he's a he, Diaz. If he fights, if he fights this weekend or when he fights this weekend, hopefully he doesn't you know, get knocked out or anything or Paul Craig doesn't. Uh, when I say knocked out, I mean knocked out before the fight starts. Oh. Um, he will qualify with five bouts for the list of top 10 fighters all time strikes landed per minute. And he would debut at number two if he holds serve. All right. So what I'm saying is he lands a lot of strikes per minute and it's very rare to see someone of his size up on this list. So I like the volume he brings. I, I compare him to like a Max Holloway in the volume. I'm not saying the Nick inside. Diaz. Fine. Whatever. Yes. You can have it. But <laughs> thank you. Uh, Paul Craig is obviously he, he's really great at pulling out these submissions. I, I would have to think he still has the edge on the ground from he Jamal Hill. Shogun tap the strikes. He did. He did. But Shogun's kind of over the hill and he doesn't mind tapping the strikes. Nothing, nothing against. I actually have no problem with people tapping the strikes. If you know you lost, you lost. But Depends. Shogun's very old now. It's not the same Shogun anymore. He hasn't been the same Shogun since Pride, realistically. Yeah. He had some, some brief moments. Well, he won the title. So. He, he beat Machida two times, um, realistically. But 
he hasn't been the same fighter since then. He just hasn't. And, and we now have a much older version of the guy he wasn't even then. So, you know, I'm not taking a lot away from that. I look at this fight as a Jamal Hill. I don't want to say showcase. I, I don't think it's that, but I do think he's going to come out on top and it's going to be a very impressive way to kick off the pay-per-view. So that's my pick. Yeah, I'm going with Hill TKO. Okay. Same here. I'll, I'll say, I'm going to say round two. Round okay. two uh, TKO. I like the round two TKO. It feels it feels good. I'm going one. All right. Little differentiation there. Uh, moving along, though, we do, we do have those two other uh, events to talk about. Bellator 260 is the day before Friday, which that's my birthday. Happy birthday, Scott. Yeah, thank you, sir. Um, I probably will be watching this a little bit, but I know I'm going out to watch just sports in general, so maybe I won't be watching as closely until the next day. Uh, I am interested, though, in a couple of fights. That obviously the the headliner, as you alluded to, Douglas Lima defending the 170 pound title against Yaroslav Amosov. I'm not as familiar with Amosov. I didn't get the chance to familiarize myself as much as I would have liked to before this, but I mean, Lima's been just a terrific fighter for a very long time, and other than when he moves up in weight, he looks great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much. I've never even heard of this guy, Amosov, uh, but I saw that he's undefeated, so I'm going to pick him. There's a lot of people who are very high on him. As from that, that much I can say. I know a lot of people have talked him up on social media as far as being uh, definitively one of the best welterweights on this roster so i'm sure it'll be a good fight and i wouldn't rule out amasab but just because of my familiarity with lima i'm gonna say lima decision okay amasab on plata all right yeah you you like that why not just throw out on plata anytime yeah just just spam it eventually i'll be right oh i'll be right maybe (laughs) uh judges i should also add in real quick before we move on to uh uh, well, I do have one other fight to watch I want to pick. I don't know if you have any, but the judges, because this is uh, this is up at Mohegan Sun, typical Bellator crew, I think, is to be expected. Probably someone like Brian Miner, Doug Crosby, uh, Dave Peabody. Maybe Eric Colon. Maybe Eric Colon, although I honestly, I expect him to be at the PFL card the day before. So is he going to take two assignments two days in a row? I don't know. But PFL's in Atlantic City. Uh, my understanding is that Eric Colon is based in South Jersey. It's kind of a hop, skip, and a jump for him to just go to Ocean Resort Casino uh, to judge the PFL, whereas he would have to go all the way up to Mohegan Sun in Uncleville, Connecticut the next day. Does he want to do that? I don't know. That's that's up to him. But nonetheless, I would figure Minor, Crosby, Peabody, maybe Michael Murtha, you know, typical names we see up there. That's that's my guess here. Okay. Do you have a fight to watch, by the way, before I kind of I saw, give away mine? I saw Pico's on the fight. I was, Aaron Pico. I, I was like, is he still, like, the next big thing for nope, Bellator? Definitely not. So, like. He's, I think he still has a future. Okay. I, I don't want to rule him out. They, but oh my goodness, did the people around him mismanage his early portion of his career? They mm. rushed him way too quickly. They hyped him up way too much. Look, the kid should be excited for himself, but there's people around him that needed to look out for him, and Bellator should have been doing that too, honestly. Um, they didn't, and now a lot of the shine is gone from this kid, but I'm not ruling out that. Who's he fighting? He is fighting Aiden Lee, or Alden Lee. Alden Lee, yeah. I believe that's that's that is who that is. I'm I'm not as familiar with him, but the name sounds familiar. Um, I I don't have a strong feeling on how to pick this one, but I'll I'll give Pico the benefit of the doubt. At this point, I'm kind of <laughs> I wasn't necessarily rooting against him in the beginning, but I'm always a little skeptical of like the overhype in the beginning of someone's career. But now now obviously the the shine is gone. I'm almost like yeah, I hope this kid does real well. So I'm gonna pick him. I'll say. I'll say round one. Omo, uh, you know, go go plot. Why not? Sure, just go with it. I'm with it. That's fine. <laughs> The one I actually am most looking forward to, though, is Paul Daly against Jason Daxon because Paul Daly, whenever he hits the cage, always has the potential to knock you out with mm-hmm. that 
amazing hook. Let's go. Paul Daly's exciting, and he's fighting at 175. 175, super welterweight, the division that should be here. Normalize it. Kill welterweight up with super welterweight and super lightweight. Yes, do it. Yep, split the two. And honestly, th- I feel very strongly about this. Bellator or PFL ought to be the ones pushing this division. But UFC is not going to do it. But what you can do is you can claim that you have the 175-pound champion of the world that UFC cannot, and you can definitively say, we have the best 175-pounder in the world. Why don't you do it? Just do it. It's just, it's so silly. Why haven't, why am I not paid to do this? You should be. I mean, I, sh- I kind of am. I, guess, you know, I write about stuff like this, but I sh- yeah, I, someone should just give me a bag of money and say, here, run the show. Yeah, do it. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally qualified. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll say, I'll say round one, uh, Paul Daly knockout. Why not? Knockout for Daly. Damn right. Uh, and then the last one, of course, this is Thursday, which is the day you are potentially listening to this one. We put this out on Thursday. And, I mean, I should probably have said, too, all the fights we're talking about come with a disqual- disclaimer that anything can change in the next few days before between when we listen or between uh, when Dan and I recorded this one on Tuesday and fight day. So it is what it is. But where we are now is PFL four Thursday night, Atlantic City. The lightweights are back in action. The featherweights are back in action. This is the second half of the regular season for these divisions. Uh, and there's a there's a glut at, honestly, both of these divisions, but lightweight especially because half the division has three points in the standings. Uh, and then the other half has, you know, zero to minus one. The minus one is Olivier Alban-Mercier, who wasn't able to fight last time. So he's in a bit bad way for this one. Dan. That that doesn't help. That's I mean, he's probably basically he needs a first round finish to even and probably even some luck just to get into the uh, semifinals here. And he's going against Marcin Held, who obviously a former successful Bantamweight fighter, uh, Bellator fighter, I should say, uh, and uh, and UFC veteran as well. Who I thought washed out a little too early. I, th- I thought he was still UFC caliber. Um, and then we got Anthony Pettis and Nathan Schultz there. <laughs> they probably need a finish too, maybe an early finish just to have a chance to, to advance, which was, you know, obviously a little surprising with Anthony Pettis, right? Yes. Hey, what can you do? It, it's going to be interesting. Um, featherweights too. I don't know if you're more excited about one division or the other, but at least at featherweight, there is one guy who's probably already punched his ticket and that's Brandon Lofnan who has six points because he got the first round finish last time. Other four uh, who are essentially anywhere in the standings have three points as well. They all want decisions. Bob Jenkins, Movlid, Kabulayev, Tyler Diamond, and Chris Wade. Two-time champ Lance Palmer probably needs an early finish to advance too, Dan. Interesting. I don't know how many, you know, how you feel about some of these guys. Is there anyone you like in general? Not You don't have to pick like a fight you want to watch necessarily, but is there anybody you kind of are rooting for to get through to the semifinals? Uh, Pettis. Pettis, okay. Wade, I like Wade. Believe, you like Chris Wade? I believe okay. Wade is a New Jersey local. I believe he trains on Long Island, or at least did. I don't know if he's from Jersey or not. I think I've seen him fight. That's not, that's why I want to pick him. Okay. But let me just make well, sure. Well, he was, he was a UFC veteran. He left uh, with with actually a pretty good record. He just decided to fight out his contract and move on. Yeah, he's from Long Island, but I think he fought on those CFFC cars that I used to attend. He might have. You know, a lot of the... A lot of the uh, that's a good regional... Uh, promotion, of course, pulling in from our neck of the ring woods of here combat. in New Jersey. Okay, yeah, well, well, that combat, was another yeah. one that was obviously so. kind of Ring of Combat was was more or less you know CFFC before CFFC had its yeah. rise. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm interested to see if Pettis can move on. Obviously, it loses a lot of star power if he can't get in, but we'll see where we end up. The fight though that I because I do have a pick of most interesting fight here is uh, I want to see Clay Collard in action again. He's going against uh, Jolton Loderbach, who didn't win last time, mm-hmm. but and and. And as a result, I kind of see this as a showcase for Clay Collard. I, I'm not as familiar with Luderbrock's 
uh, style. I kind of forget what he was brought to the cage last time. Um, Collard, he looked so good against Pettis, yeah, right? Be Anthony Pettis. Good show, Dan. I think we got a lot in here. It was a round. I had fun. We had a lot to talk about. We did. We did. And you know, next time we go, I will be. I'll be a little bit older. That was a little bit wiser. Maybe not. Very interested to see. I'll be turning thirty something. Thirty something. Thirty something. I'll be thirty six. Judges for this one, I should say. I actually said thirty something. Going to be Eric. Now you learn. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Enjoy the fights. All of them. Take care. Have a good one. They're, you know, the ones that we typically see in New Jersey scheduling. Um, educated guess, you know. Mm-hmm. But they'll probably, if, if they do, I would bet the farm that they're going to work just about every fight. That's kind of how it's worked. Yeah, probably. There might be a fifth judge there. That, well, I guess there's four people, so they can kind of, you know, circle, cycle in and out here and there, give give each other a breather, you know, let them use the potty, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have two kids. So we're, we're doing potty training with one of them, so I'm going to say potty. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud of my little guy. Uh and before we go to actually the the other fight from PFL, probably the the main attraction for some people at least is the pro MMA debut of the most accomplished women's boxer of all time, the quote Clarissa Shields going against Brittany Elkin. Are you interested in this fight? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna see how violent it can get, and Clarissa Shields is gonna smash. I don't know if she is or not. I I think ultimately she will. She'd be my pick. I do think that Shields is going to win this one, and if she wins it, she's going to finish it with the strikes. So I'm going to say, uh, I'll say Clarissa Shields, round one, TKO. But Brittany Elkin well, is a grappler. Okay, she's a grappler, Scott, but she has a loss in a grappling match. You know how she lost that match? I don't. By Gogo Plata. Ooh, yeah, that's going to be a strike against her. So. That's tough. Like I said, I, I picked Shields anyway, but. You just can't rule out Elkin here because even Shields, who I spoke to, down. I guess she has a super. That's what better it is. ground game. So Shields, Shields told me like the other day when I spoke to her, she has been drilling and she feels pretty good in in kind of the grappling. She actually has. She said that the the part of training MMA that she's enjoyed the most, even though it was the most challenging for her, was jujitsu because it's the most fun. But she's learned. I mean, she was a boxer for life, and now she's like, "Huh, I like the jets." Yeah, because it's more fun. Yeah, I agree. You know me. But the fact that the fact that Elkin had also lost her last fight or not her last fight, but she was the first opponent to go against Kayla Harrison, who's, of course, PFL's women's lightweight star, which is the division we're fighting at here. Uh, she was I, I don't want to say she was the uh, the jobber here, <laughs> but I mean, that's more or less what she served as because Harrison hasn't met anybody who's given true real resistance to her in in the cage yet she's gone to decisions with uh larissa pacheco but otherwise that's it yeah i i'm sticking with with shields based on you know jackson wink's gonna have her prepared i would so. think so i i think i think they are going to manage her career well uh and give her and i'm not saying they're going to job her because i do think this is still a stylistically um not favorable matchup for her but it seems that they have probably booked this fight as a means to allow Clarissa Shields a chance to test herself against appropriate competition, which is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, I really feel that way. So I'm excited. Yeah, I like that one too. 